Hey, time for you to reach your full potential. Getting into health and fitness, this is what you're missing. Going harder, ain't nothing gonna stop you. Go on a journey with genetics coach Laura Rogers. Yeah, here to take you to the next level. Been in the health and fitness industry since 07. Working with so many athletes. Push it to the limit with world champions, yeah, and some Paralympians. Hey, working from Brisbane to Singapore. We train, we going hard. All out, we keep it raw. Laura Rogers, let's go. In this week's episode, I speak with online coach Kim Sin Lu, who I have been following since I want to say 2017, uh, when he was still in Singapore. I can't believe it didn't cross my mind to have him on the podcast sooner because what he shares is so incredibly practical. I mean, he really gets it when it comes to understanding the busy corporate lifestyle of a lot of the people we train. His tips are so incredibly helpful and yet really overlooked. I think you'll take away a lot of value from this episode. In this episode, we discuss how to create those healthy shifts and what is really worth your time and energy? Because let's face it, we want maximum results for minimal effort. I mean, that's just human nature, isn't it? Efficiency. Who isn't a fan of efficiency? But at the same time, I hear the word sustainability thrown around a lot. It seems as though every other person wants to create some sort of sustainable change. They want to build this into their lifestyle. They want to keep doing this long term. But that in and of itself is a skill and it takes a lot longer than what people realize. So him share some incredible insights. Honestly, I feel like we could have just spoken for hours and hours and hours and hours. Um, so no doubt he'll be on for another episode, but in this one in particular, the first episode together, he shares what we can really actually do today to help get the ball rolling and where our energy is that attention and energy? What a great word. Where our energy is best spent because let's face it, we only have so much bandwidth, okay? And we're pulled in all kinds of directions on a daily basis. So where is your time, attention, and energy best allocated? That's what we get real nitty and gritty on. I really, really hope you take the time to connect with him using the links below. He is one of the few people in this industry I actually respect and have met. So thank you so much for listening. I really, really hope you have some powerful takeaways and, you know, we might just be on again soon recording a second episode. Enjoy. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Not bad. Not bad. I love your beanie. What's that? Sorry? I love the beanie. Oh, right. <laughs> Thank you. It's cold here. A little That's chilly. That's what I've got one on. Like proper winter. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, we, we've got seasons over here in the UK, right? Hmm. It's a little different. Yeah. yeah. We got seasons too. It's called like hot and really hot. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, um, I, I do miss that, that weather though. Oh, you do? I'll send some yeah. over. You can, you can have it. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't been back since I left. Which was when? No, I left in 2017, I think. So yeah, I've been I've been a, like back in the UK for as long as I was there in Singapore for. No way. Yeah, pretty nuts. Distant memory now. I know everything's changed so much now. Like I think Core Collective only just opened when um, mm. 
yeah when i when i left and now there's like so many other oh, gyms right oh yeah the whole landscape has changed entirely yeah <laughs> well yeah how's things for you uh good yeah now it's been 18 19 20 22 four years since starting it so i've been yeah. for seven, over seven and a half years now like i'm a proper sigma yeah yeah i think after a while when you when you've left or sorry you have a chance to kind of leave right mm. and um if you don't take that then i think you're you're pretty much there for good especially after like five years yeah once that window is closed it's like it's almost too much effort to move to reacclimatize mm. so, somewhere else yeah yeah <laughs> wow thank you so much for coming on i'm super excited to record this because uh i read the other day most people have given up on their goals their 2023 resolutions goals by mm. the last day of january which i'm sure doesn't surprise you and most people yeah. have a goal related to health fitness and nutrition which i'm sure is also not surprising um and i guess i wanted to get your insights on what you feel is worth people's time and energy because everyone's short on time everyone's short on energy in their own eyes so when it comes to creating change of this nature there's a million different directions you can go and you can go to the supplement store buy everything on every shelf get the bcaa's get the protein powder get the creatine get this supplement get that supplement you can go ahead and join a gym or two you can get like all the new outfits and shoes in the world but some of it is really not going to be giving you the return on that time and effort and energy that you're perhaps looking to see so like let's just lay it out there for the people listening what is really worth the effort in your eyes this i think it says there's so many different um things that you could focus on right and that's what makes it so difficult um in terms of what um people should really do like if you're looking at um i think first of all like a lot of people when they first try to lose fat is like they think okay i need to find um a sustainable diet right mm. um and i think that that word sustainable gets kind of really lost a little bit in translation like realistically i don't think we really want a sustainable um diet because if if we had a sustainable like deficit forever like we'd be dead right because uh that's I mean, a sustained deficit <laughs> yeah i mean sustained deficit starvation right just yeah. a different word for it um yeah. so what we really want to do is we want to learn sustainable behaviors right so how how our plate should really look when we like create a meal so what foods should we be eating more of things like you know protein vegetables single ingredient foods like what should what kind of foods should we be eating less of as well so i think you know how we manage our nutritional choices whilst we're we're eating out that's going to be another side which is very important um and how do we manage uh, and maintain higher levels of activity as well so these are the things that we want to sustain uh, and these are the things that we want to develop as habits right um not necessarily the deficit um so when i when i diet like some of the things that i do you know then may not necessarily be conducive of life right uh, but i still do it to lose fat mm. um, and i think there's a very big difference between like short-term tactics versus long-term behavior change and when we're looking at losing fat for the long term 
that's that's something that we really need to focus on is actually behavior train behavior change sorry rather than um just short-term kind of tactics and um i think if you want fast results or aggressive results then of course that you're going to need to take an aggressive approach or a very unsustainable approach right um but if you want to have sustainable behavior change then you, you need to accept that that's probably going to take you much longer uh, but again, that that's something that should be fine for you because you want that long-term result. Uh, mm-hmm. You want that long-term behavior. So really, you know, you're in it for the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess that's just not how a lot of people tend to think, right? That's so true. And so many interesting points because for me, when I think long-term about my health, I'm really excited to turn 80 years of age and be able to unscrew jars of peanut butter by myself. Like that's legit shit one of my goals it's like okay get to 80 be a badass be mobile be strong be you know independent in the sense i don't have to hold onto a handrail to walk up and down stairs and yet i already see people in their 20s and 30s holding onto handrails to walk up and down stairs and choosing to not walk up and down an escalator you know Mm. when you have the option to use the muscles in your legs to do that so it's interesting when we think about behavior change and how long that takes it's so much longer than people think. In fact, it's it's at least 66 days and up to 250, not 21. It's 3,000 firings of the same neurons. And, you know, that doesn't happen overnight. So people, I think, sometimes fool themselves into thinking they're doing something sustainable because they're doing it for 12 weeks or they're doing it for six months. But if you live to be 100 years of age, and my goal is 120 because, you know, why not? Um, thus one year is 1% of your life and people have a hard time conceptualizing that. It's like what I have to dedicate 1%, 2%, 3%, 4%, 5% of my potential life expectancy to see something. I'm like, yeah, man, like how many times did you fall on your bum to learn how to walk? Like <laughs> that, that was no quick, uh, skill development, shall we say. So when we do think about sustainability and long-term, what does that mean to you and how do you get your clients uh, enrolled in that process? What does that conversation look like? Yeah, I think with sustainability, it it comes with things that like breaking down barriers, right? That's going to be one of the biggest factors here. When you're trying to do something for the long-term, something that you want to do for forever it needs to come at very little barrier the more barriers to entry that you have the less likely that you're going to be doing it for a long time right Mm. um if i think in in the beginning if there is friction from day one there's something that needs to be addressed to make things a little bit easier for you or at least some find somehow to make that thing way easier and um, way more simple for you to do Mm. Uh, because in the beginning i think most people they're they're not going to come to you as um let's say you and i where we're really really um motivated to to train Mm -hmm. and to eat better continuously right they're coming to you because their their habits and their behaviors are, are way out of whack right from from what they want it to be so you need to then you know and any excuse that they get they're going to want to um, back off and and say, oh, you know, I don't have the time or I can't do this, right? So we need to make sure that, that the barriers to entry or whatever thing that they're facing 
we break that down so it's so much easier for them to follow um whether that's you know if they're you know they need to train right to lose fat you know do they need to necessarily do five six days or are they able to still get that result doing three days right so reducing that i guess barrier of effort for them um everybody wants very low effort and high results right mm-hmm. so we're trying to get those two things to basically merge together we want you know maximal results for the amount of effort that they have or they're willing to to put out for the goal that they want at hand mm-hmm. it's um interesting you say you know that breaking everything down into the most like doable steps possible you know i say this with my clients too the more doable it is, the more likely it is to get done. So I think where people shoot themselves in the foot is they go to all of the extremes. They then realize, oh my God, I can't keep doing all these extremes because I don't live like that. Um, and it's very, very different to how I currently live. That's There's too much of a difference between the two. And then it just feels overwhelming and they give up. And actually that's one of the uh, number five reasons, one of five reasons, sorry, why people procrastinate is due to overwhelm. Um, one of my more recent episodes was about procrastination. So it's funny you say that because overwhelm is a reason that we procrastinate on things and why we don't take action because something seems too gigantic to tackle. So if we think about uh, people who have the goal to, let's say, lose five to 10 kilos, maybe five to 10% body fat, they have a corporate job, they're seated for prolonged periods of time, they're in back-to-back meetings. Where can someone start? What is like super actionable, super tangible, that feels like, you know, I'm getting something out of doing this, but it's not a super gigantic effort either. Where would you start with someone in, in those shoes? Yeah, so I guess that's um habit formation from day one, right? So I think it's important to just see where you're currently at um and set out a plan that you can realistically do um so rather than go for you know we always try to fit our training like or whatever our our plan is we try to think okay this is what ideally i want to do right mm. but we never look at what can we realistically do right so always start off very slow uh, a very um I guess a small approach to the current things that you're doing. So if you're only used to training um, once or maybe not even training at all, then I would start to see, okay, maybe let's, let me see if I can train um, three times a week. If you can't even do that, then let's see if we can train twice or even one. Um, like Likewise with food, um, perhaps it's not even saying, oh, I need to f- stick to a specific calorie amount. Let me see if I can just, you know, um, eat frequently throughout the day, switch up my food options um, so that instead of having, you know, highly palatable foods, I'm having foods which are higher in fiber, you know, more fruits, more vegetables, more protein, those kind of things. Make those small adjustments initially. So then I think, like you mentioned, right, with procrastination, it's something that, um, you know, we we get overwhelmed but i think with that overwhelm it's like if you break have a smaller barrier to entry you know that reduces that overwhelm right so initially start with just a very very small habit change like and then you can always build upon that right i remember that from what 
from whatever position that you're in, making it a small change is always going to yield in some form of progress, mm. right? If you're if you're used to like not not saving any money, and then you go from that to saving like five pounds or um, five dollars in this case, <laughs> or uh, even just one or two dollars right a day, you're going to be you know saving at least some money at the end of the week, right? Mm. As opposed to trying to go big and trying to oh I'm going to save a thousand dollars, and then by the end of the week you couldn't do that, you end up you know maybe even overspending because you're trying to restrict yourself so much. Mm. So I think creating a realistic goal for yourself uh, and it doesn't have to be massive but giving yourself that flexibility to say okay it's just going to be a little bit um, and having that mindset of creeping things up gradually over time i think that makes a huge difference uh, to you being able to go from um doing it or, or moving away from that kind of all or nothing uh, mindset i guess for mm. i think that's a great point too because you know, the pendulum has to swing back if it swings so far one direction. And if we feel deprived and if we feel restricted, you know, human nature tells us that it's it's not safe to feel restricted, right? Because our sense of survival starts to decrease when we feel that we've been restricted or deprived, especially when it comes to food. And so I like your point about, you know, instead of going so extreme and then potentially, you know, doing the exact opposite of that and actually yielding no net benefit because you've gone too far this way and then too far the other way, um, just making things super incremental for you. And I think too, for people who are listening to this, who feel that they do get overwhelmed and that, you know, their default is to become overwhelmed, whether it's at work, whether it's in the gym, whether it's regards to nutrition or anything else, you don't get better at dealing with overwhelm by not dealing with overwhelm. Like you just... <laughs> It's actually, I, it really just occurred to me that dealing with overwhelm is a skill, you know, dealing with overwhelm is a skill that can be built. You can get better at dealing with overwhelm. You just have to endure that. You just have to go through the overwhelm and perhaps take out a piece of paper and a pen. This is what I do. and just write everything that's on my mind. Then I categorize things um, according to, you know, whatever makes sense. So if I've got a lot of house things on my mind, if I've got a lot of career things on my mind, I categorize that. If I have a lot of health and fitness things uh, on my mind, I categorize that. And then I work through them in order of priority. So, you know, that's just a strategy that I put together myself because it makes sense based on how my brain works, but it's not going to work for the next person necessarily. I think if you're always avoiding tackling something because you just let overwhelm get the better of you, you have to know that you are letting overwhelm get the better of you. And this is where having a coach can make a huge difference too, because a coach can say to you, look, I know you're trying a lot of different things, but let's just work on these two things because this is not really going to get you that far compared to this, you know? Instead of aiming for 10,000 steps a day when you do 4,000, let's just aim for six. Let's just get to six and be consistent with six. Let that become normal. Once it feels normal, then maybe let's look to eight. And then after that, maybe we get to 10. Maybe we don't, and that's cool too because... I think people forget there's more than one way to improve your health and fitness. I think people just go, you know, extreme approaches to exercise, extreme approaches to nutrition, and then they expect to see a change on the scales within three days and they get really upset when they don't. And so for people who are hearing this and they can relate to that, um, what words of wisdom do you have to say to them? Like, what are some things people don't realize actually yield a much better return 
for putting the effort in that maybe we don't think about. It's not so conscious to us. Hmm. I think, yeah, in terms of uh, just going back to the overwhelm thing as well, I think sometimes overwhelm is um, a lot of the times it's it's kind of self-created or self-induced, right? Um, I think it doesn't, it's not something that just occurs or just appears out of the blue. Mm. It's something that's been building for a long time just due to us being unorganized, right? So, you know, you might feel, oh, you know, I feel overwhelmed that I have, you know, tons of work to do. And a lot of the times it's because we've left that work to maybe the last minute Mm. to do, right? Um, Or, you know, right now you might feel overwhelmed that um, you've got all of these things that you need to do for, to lose fat, right? But what will solve that overwhelm is just planning and just being organized and zooming out for a second to say, okay, what is it that I need to do every day? Um, Maybe I need to do a step count. Maybe, you know, I need to stick to my nutrition goals, right? Um, I need to make sure that I'm sleeping enough. Mm. How do you then do it? like anything that you're trying to do you just put it into your diary and you know plan it so when am i actually going to do those steps mm. you know how do i make sure that i'm going to go to bed at 10 p.m at night right instead of 12 mm. Well, you set maybe a reverse alarm clock so then you know okay once this alarm clock sounds i need whatever i'm doing i need to stop it and i need to go go to sleep right or at least get ready to for bed right mm. uh, so i think a lot of the times often sometimes overwhelm is a little bit of an excuse it's just something that we have created ourselves and we need to break down what really is that sensation of overwhelm like what are we actually feeling in that instance is it the fact that we just don't really know what to do like how do we go about it or um are you just kind of just throwing overwhelm in like encompassing everything together uh, because okay. that's a word that you know a bit like motivation a bit like discipline that it's just uh, it's just a feeling that you are feeling and it doesn't really help anything it's like a little bit of a moan yeah. <laughs> you know you're yeah. like, oh you know i'm just not motivated but like well you know if, if your goal is to lose fat you kind of always motivated right <laughs> um because you 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 want to lose fat so you've got a goal so how can you not be motivated um towards that right and it, it your goal you've probably been trying to lose fat for close to 10 years of your life right and you might have struggled damn that that sounds like a lot of motivation to me right if you've been Mm. doing it for 10 years and you've still not achieved your goal Mm. um so i think you know a lot of times people just you know throw that word motivation out but you know if you've been doing it for a long time you know you probably have some uh some serious amounts of motivation you know i think that's Um, such a good point you know i think um unmotivated can really be interchanged with two things that come to mind. Discouraged. I think people have attempted to create change so many times. It's like when people look to quit smoking, right? Very few people, if any. Um, well, my mom actually, so at least one person I know of can quit cold turkey. Now, you know, these things can be interchanged. You might quit one habit, you might pick up another. So that's another story. But um, more often than not, people who are able to sustain the quitting of a habit such as smoking, they need to attempt that multiple times before they, in fact, enjoy the success, quote unquote, of having quit smoking. So I think when people say they're unmotivated, actually, I think what they're trying to express is that they feel discouraged 
because they've tried so many times and not succeeded in their own eyes. Now, I think also people are quick to judge the outcome of a very short-term effort. You know, they're very quick to judge the long-term outcome of, you know, a week's worth of effort, three months' worth of effort, six months' worth of effort, where maybe consistency has sometimes been there, but not all the time, right? Um, so I think people are, in fact, often um, discouraged when they say they're unmotivated. And I think also they're, they're lacking focus, in fact. I, I think when they say they're unmotivated, I think a lot of people, in fact, are unfocused. It's just not front of mind. They ha- have not zoomed out to get that bigger perspective to use your own word. They've not zoomed out. They're just like reacting to every single message and email that comes towards them. They're, you know, trying to get their their shit together this very second before they meet their taxi, before they leave the house in the morning to go to the office. I think we're in such a like reactive culture that zooming out just doesn't seem to exist anymore. Like people really lack perspective. And I can understand from like evolutionary standpoint that we need to be reactive because if we don't, sometimes that means we're not going to be around tomorrow. But (laughs) we also need to realize that you know, probably no one's going to die if we don't reply to the email, you know, or the text message, unless perhaps we're an oncologist. Um, and it's okay to give yourself the time to have a blank mind. And I think we would benefit largely as society if we were able to have just a blank mind, just, just sit and do nothing. Just sit with your thoughts, let your thoughts be there, let them come, let them go, let them wash over you and give yourself the time and space to make sense of what it is that you value so that you can then put, you know, the the gears in motion. Because how can you properly plan sufficient workout time and meal prep and um, meal planning and you know, walks before your morning call, if you're just getting up, at, if you're rolling out of bed, putting the earphones in to join the call, like clearly there's no room in your life for these new habits. And I think sometimes we need to go through a process of like editing and filtering and going, okay, what really matters to me? And how do I make space for that? Like on a regular basis, how do I make space for that? Because if there's no space in your schedule, for these activities and habits you're looking to form, it's just, it's not going to happen. Like, as you say, if it's not on your schedule, how does it get done? You, we can't keep living like, oh, okay, I've got five minutes now. I'm going to, I'm going to walk down to cheers and walk all the way back up. And maybe that's 200 steps. Awesome. Do you know? I think we need to be a bit more deliberate and pers- purposeful um, with our lives. And we just clutter our lives with so much shit that there is no room for these habits and behaviors. Is that something that kind of resonates with you and what you see? Yeah. And I think um, in terms of just, you know, the, we get kind of confused, right? So that's, yeah, like you said, it's that, that sensation of, you know, the lack of clarity, the lack of direction, right? Which is why when people start off with coaching or they get a, a, a personal trainer, straight away things they they become motivated to go right obviously money is a big motivator as well right you don't want to feel like you're wasting money but um when you get uh, a a trainer there's direction there's like okay well 
if you're hiring a personal trainer, it's okay. You need to be at the gym for this time. And my program is already figured out by my, my trainer. They're going to take me through it. Right. That's organized. You know, you've got direction, super, super clear what you need to do. Uh, likewise, if you have an online coach, then it's like, Hey, um, this is what you need to do. So for me, what I do with my clients is not just give them the, the plan of, okay, this is what you need to do, but also writing down their schedule. This is the times that you're going to action it. And this is the times that you're going to do it, which is agreed upon with through both of us. Mm -hmm. I think that that side of things is really important. The more, uh, the more clear, the more precise, the more direction that that individual has, the more motivated that they're going to be because um, the schedule is there for them to do it. Right. Um, and that's why, you know, when we're in school, uh, we have timetables, right? Um, there is, you know, uh, there is a clear lunch break. There is a clear, you know, break time that, you know, we, we just chill and do nothing. And then there's times where we have to be at a certain lesson, certain room at a certain time. Right. And that's why we have a curriculum because all of these things is very clear. It's direction. Um, and that gives us not so much motivation, but it gives us an idea of what to to kind of do. Right. Mm. It's so interesting you say that too, because you know, all we would hope that all of that timetabling and scheduling of different classes and curriculum feeds into an outcome that when you reach, you know, the final year you're then prepared to embark on tertiary education should you want to pursue that in summoner. So mm. it's it's all very guided towards a certain outcome. You know, there is clarity there, there is direction there. Um, and it is as though the moment we leave high school or tertiary education, we kind of lose that. It's it's like we just go into work, 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 work mode. And I'm sure that's a skill a lot of us could work on building and developing. How do I put together a routine for myself? How do I, you know, do I set aside Mondays for meetings, meeting Monday? And I just say no to meetings on Wednesdays and Fridays because I do my deep work on those days. You know, that could be a tactic that really works for people. Um, what I've done most recently is I've written out my morning routine and my evening routine. And I have, deadlines for certain activities like I want to have eaten dinner by a certain time because it's easy to sleep when you're not digesting it's easy to digest um you know it feels so sluggish and that's been interestingly a very nice thing to be able to fall back onto so when I get home of an evening when I've finished work I'm like okay so now what and I'm like no now you look at your routine and you go through your routine and the routine is the routine and you just practice. It's kind of like being an athlete when you go into competition. So a lot of people listening will know that I was a swimmer. That was my sport for like 12 years. And you go through competition preparation. In fact, you visualize it because your coach will set the scene for you. You'll be lying on your back by the poolside and he will be talking you through the whole entire race from before you go into marshalling. And so you you practice this, you visualize it, you see it in your mind's eye, you make it become reality when you go into prep. But every single stage and detail is itemized. It is seen, it is felt, it is heard. You smell it, you smell the chlorine, you smell the cheering in the stands, you hear your coach yelling out at you, like it's very, very real. And yet we get home and maybe we throw something in the microwave for a few minutes and we scoff it down as we want to 
a Zoom call with another time zone and it's just like react, 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 react. Where is the purposefulness? Where are we actually present with ourselves and with our life and connected to what it is that we want to achieve? Because if we're not connected to what we're looking to achieve, we're probably not going to get there. And so I I so echo everything that you've just said surrounding habit formation and you putting it on your schedule. And I think when we put something on our schedule, sometimes we need to not just move things, but really ask ourselves, does this need to be on my schedule? Can I outsource this? Can I train someone else to do this? Um, can I just catch up in the replay? Do I? Is it imperative that I'm actually a part mm-hmm. of this? Because we only have so much bandwidth. And if that's not our field of expertise, then we're not potentially just wasting our time, but we're not really adding value to anyone else who's there. And I think that's when uh, being able to pause and ask ourselves, okay, is this the best use of me in this moment um, can be really helpful skill to build, I guess. Because again, mm. if that doesn't connect with your bigger vision, you're just going to like get to retirement one day and realize you've done nothing that you enjoy for the last 40 years. Yeah, I think that you're absolutely right with you know a lot of that those meetings and whatnot because i think that that is what takes a lot of people's time right especially with you know our clients who are busy individuals right who are working in let's say their, their office um is how many you have to ask yourself like how many times have you sat in a meeting that you didn't really need to be <laughs> right? and there is just so many um and i think if you didn't do those kind of meetings, you would save so much time, right? Mm. And then you would potentially be able to do the things that you want to do. Mm. Maybe there's a slot that you could have done a load of deep work in, but instead you're just sat in this meeting where you've not said anything. You've barely (laughs) listened, right? And it doesn't, because it didn't really involve you in the beginning. Mm. right? And I think we're, we're so afraid to say no in, in a workplace, right? Because, maybe you are employed by um somebody and you feel like obliged that you have to be there right but i think a large part of you isn't just to turn up to these things it's more so like the input that you are able to to like produce in that that meeting right so if it doesn't really involve you is there really need for you to be there or could you be your efforts be best put directed somewhere else that you know you can actually, you know, give input into that business, right? Mm. Um, so I think learning to say no um, is is a big one when it comes to making time for yourself. Mm. Um, a lot of us just tend to, to say yes, yes, yes. Um, but you have to understand that every time that you are saying yes to maybe other people, um, you're, you're saying no to yourself, right? Because you're saying no to maybe a slot that, you could have done loads of productive work, which means that you maybe could have gone home earlier to maybe see your kids, see your family, see your wife, husband, whoever it is, right? Or even just time to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, or you're saying no every time you're saying yes to, um, you know, maybe a, a work drink or alcohol or whatever, and your goal is to lose fat. You're saying no to to that, right? So every yes comes with the inherent no, but it's where you're you're saying that no to, right? And a lot of people take that brunt of the no for to themselves right and that's why yeah they, they end up very depressed and you know um very far away from their goals um after a, a long period of time right and mm-hmm. it, a lot comes from just saying no 
And you know, how, how do I know that is, you know, people will come on a consult call with you and despite you telling them like you, you don't have to sign up, you know, you, you are okay to, to say no, or you're okay to, you know, rather than saying, Oh, I'm going to think about it. You can say no. Right. Mm. I'm st- I still have business. I'm still going to be able to eat dinner, you know, uh, even if you said no, but despite telling that person that at the end of the call, they still struggle to say no. They're still like, Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they, they might ghost you for a bit. Right. Um, so I think that's a massive one. Like if you can't, if you don't have the courage to even say no in that instance, right. You're going to struggle elsewhere as well. Um, and I think that that's a, that's a big sign of, how many people really do struggle with it i think it's such a a huge point to make because what comes to mind there is people live life so out of alignment that they just get used to saying yes when actually they don't want to and i think this a lot of this comes back to you know we've kind of become attuned to just following the cultural societal norm which you know for a lot of us is to go to primary school to go to high school to go to university get a well-paying job um become a professional do that work which you know i want to say is 40 hours a week but who actually works 40 hours a week no one especially in singapore like 60 is kind of the minimum (laughs) and (laughs) a very different work culture here shall i say and just like repeat 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 and then uh, hopefully at some point you get to a stage and age in life where you can retire and then enjoy life and it's like what the heck i mean i could have enjoyed those 40 years doing what i actually love but where does happiness come into that where does fulfillment come into that where are we putting happiness and fulfillment on the pedestal you know i think we still have a little bit of a way to go to create that shift um you know especially in this part of the world based on my observations and experience i know a tremendous amount of engineers who are not practicing as engineers who are studying to become an engineer who don't fucking want to be an engineer i'm like Mm. dude you are wasting you because you are not bringing your gift and your genius to the world which is clearly not engineering and that's okay because nor should it necessarily be that but to me, it's like, God, what a waste of a life. You not doing what lights you up from within, you're never going to bring your best um, in any profession if it doesn't excite you, if if you don't love it. And so, you know, to go to work or to be working from home 8, 10, 12 hours a day, you are, if you're not loving what you're doing, like you are out of alignment for all of those hours. And so you get very accustomed to being out of alignment and so you become disconnected from what it is that you actually want from every aspect of your life because you're so accustomed to being very very out of alignment in the professional side of your life so how are you to know if you want to sign up to a gym work with a trainer start with exercise start with nutrition start with mindset how are you to create that change when your mind is so blurred when everything is so foggy and cloudy because you've never really asked yourself what it is that you want to do. You've never actually said, hey, actually, what is it that I enjoy? And people become so resentful and burnt out. You know, I think 
Burnout, by and large, is just being out of alignment. It takes a lot of energy to do something you don't like for a lot of your life. Like, let's face it, how could it not? So I I completely echo what you say when it comes to being mindful of where we spend our time and learning to say no. And I think there's a fine art to running efficient meetings with the right people in a meeting. And we do have to get better at filtering and editing our lives if we're going to make space for other things such as fitness, health, nutrition, well-being, and the like. But again, if if it's cluttered with stuff that doesn't fill you up, with items that you're just reacting to left, right, and center, how how is any of that possible? If it's not on your schedule, it just will not happen. It's, you know, it's not automatically just going to appear. Hey, look, oh, I just happened to do 12,000 steps by standing in meetings for 12 hours. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> at yeah. most 4,000. So, yeah, I, I think saying no is important. And in order to say no, I think often a lot of us need more clarity and we need more alignment between what it is that we want and what we're doing. I think a lot of us don't know what we want um, for our lives. We just get into the hamster wheel of life. No one designs their life. No one sits down and says, hey, this is what my idea ideal day looks like in my ideal job we're we're just happy to take the paycheck and we just you know without the paycheck like what are we going to do with our lives if we set that aside what would the dream look like i'm just so curious yeah i think um that's definitely something that a lot of people perhaps they get into um like a training or try to do like a transformation and they they kind of they don't really want that goal you know and that then creates that burnout maybe you know they they just enjoy training but they feel like they have to have some sort of goal to look a certain way you know for whatever reason and they don't truly want it um i think a big one where you kind of can really find out if the goal is for you is you know a lot of people will ask before they've even started they're already thinking of when when can they finish right they're going to ask you like how how long is it going to take me to to kind of get there right mm. but i think if you if you really like when i first started i i never once thought how long is this realistically going to take me i just thought about starting and and getting going because ultimately how long it's going to take you it doesn't really matter right maybe right now you've been trying for 10 years 15 years maybe your whole life and you haven't got anywhere with it what's another two years or a year onto that goal right mm. if it's the goal that you're after it doesn't matter if it takes years you're still going to want to do it because it's your goal you know it's like if i go to a nice restaurant right um there's going to be loads of people queuing up to, to get their spot because they really want to eat that food you know people were sleeping outside the apple store for like a week before the release date of an iphone right because if it is something that you really, really want, I think time is actually a very small part of it. Mm. But if you're looking at your goal and you're thinking, oh, that sounds like it's going to take a little bit too long and you're already questioning it and you're already ready to jump jump ship the moment someone takes you, that someone tells you that it's going to take you longer than you expected, then you have to really question like how much do you actually want to change? Mm. And I think this is a big telltale sign of um, how much somebody realistically wants a goal. Because if I just kind of wanted to go to the restaurant or I just kind of wanted that iPhone, 
Um, and then you told me it was a week's wait. I- I'm not waiting for it outside the store, right? <laughs> um, <Yeah>. Because <laughs> I'm not, I'm really not that fussed about it, right? And I feel this is the same case for a lot of people um, towards their own, you know, fitness goals. Um, and like you said, like in which case, if you don't really want it, that that's totally fine. Like just go do something else with your time. Because again, like life is too short to do something that you don't really want to do. Right. And I think a lot of people sit into that, that phase of, you know, should I be doing this? Should I like not be doing it? And, you know, do something that you really want to do. And then when you are ready, come back to it then. A hundred percent. I really enjoy it when people say to me that they don't have a specific weight or body composition goal. I actually, I I really like that. It's so refreshing to me because I'm like, cool, this person is into it for the process, for the journey, for the transformation, to kind of explore and see what else can come with this. Because often we see far less tangible results um, as a byproduct of starting training, right? Or, Or just getting the ball rolling in any facet of health. You know, often people's confidence increases i had a lady tell me the other day that she asked for um a pay rise because she had the confidence to do that after working with me she didn't have the confidence to do that beforehand like that's epic but do you know that a personal trainer can help you with that no right that's not why you go to a personal trainer um you know the messages i receive from people who are like you know what i had to carry all these cartons of milk the other day for for my church i was helping drop them off to low-income families and I was like, I know what to do. I've done pharma carries. I'm just going to brace my core, hinge, use my glutes, use my hamstrings, stand tall, shoulders back. And I'm just going to walk like a badass and like not hurt myself. Do you know? I mean, these are the far less tangible experiences that people have. And it's, it's just a very small, only two examples of, of the feedback we receive when we start to work with people. And so when people buy into the process and the journey and the transformation, as you say, the the timeline is is far less relevant for me when that's a big red flag when someone's like well how much am i going to lose in 12 weeks i'm like well how much are you going to starve yourself also is that what we're really aiming for (laughs) because i don't i don't want that for you you know i don't mind if you're a little bit hungry that's to be expected in a deficit but i don't want uncontrollable hunger because then you're just going to eat everything in plain sight and again that's when the pendulum is going to swing too far in one direction too far and it's going to swing back right to where it originally was. So for me, it's a big red flag when people have a very um, specific deadline. When they're very held to a deadline, I'm like, but then what? Like, so we're training so that you look and feel good on your wedding day or for your 40th birthday, but then what? Like, does shit just hit the fan? Do we just revert back to how we were? Because then what impact have I had on your life? And if I've not had an impact, I'm not interested. You know, my big reason to do all this, uh, what keeps me engaged in the work that I do is feeling as though I've had an impact. And so it's it's such a great point that, you know, if it is to be done for sustainability, doesn't need a deadline. Because if you are looking to sustain something, then I would think you are doing it in a year from now and three years from now, and five years from now, and 10 years from now, and decades from now. Like, I I see no day where I don't go to the gym. I, I see myself being 80, going to the gym. I don't know which part of the world I'll be in. I don't know what kind of outfits we'll be wearing. I don't know if the, the gym will be in the sky. I, I don't know if it'll be underground, underwater. I don't really know. 
I'm excited to find out. But I I see no end to that. It, it's it's just in um in indefinite for me. It, it's ongoing and ongoing and ongoing because it's built into my lifestyle because I love the benefit of having done a workout and I don't embark on a workout for a specific outcome other than to appreciate all of the benefits of that workout, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, and what have you. Like that is me and the different outcomes on different days, different benefits that I notice more so um, on certain days than others. You know, leg day, massive hunger the next day. So <laughs> um, day I, days I do deadlifts, much more emotional, want to cry. And that's that's just me. That's my my journey. So I really um, feel the same way when people really want to create sustainable change. There is no end. This it keeps going because your health actually is with you from day one till the very last day, right? From the very first day of your life until your last. What do you have? You have your brain and your body. That's it. Everything else is great. Everything else will come and go. But technically, all you have for you is your mind, your brain, your soul, your spirit, your body. So why would you not want to look after that? And why would you not want to look after it for your entire life? Why would you only want to take care of it for for a 30-day challenge? Oh, for 30 days, my liver gets a break. I'm going without alcohol. Yay. Now, don't get me wrong. Going 30 days without alcohol for some people is a really, it's a great thing. For some people, very, very powerful. Nothing against that. But should we not be looking to invest in our health and appreciate our bodies and what they're capable of doing and take care of them for our entire life instead of 12 weeks, 30 days, six months? Um, I, I think that's really, as you say, that's like zooming out. That's the long-term view. I mean, yeah. your, your home, imagine your house. You wouldn't just clean your house for 30 days and then not clean it. <laughs> you wouldn't look after your house for 12 weeks and then treat it like shit, right? That's just, who does that? <laughs> no one. Why? Because it makes no sense. It's the same when it comes to your health. It makes no sense to just look after yourself for 12 weeks. Um, and your body notices all the yo-yoing too. It notices, oh, here we go again. She's going to treat me like shit again. She's going to go on a four-day bender again. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I guess that that also makes it the yo-yoing, the confusion there. That makes it more difficult for you know people to support you, you as well, um, because obviously support is is one of the massive things for people getting a successful transformation as well, right? Um, if if your friends and the people around you are slightly confused at what you do, so sometimes you're you're on it and you're like, okay, I'm saying no to all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, other times you're like, okay, no, I'm actually saying yes to all of these things. And you're going like the complete opposite direction. People get confused around you. So they don't know what to do. So if you're, they're going to invite you to things whenever you're dieting, they're going to, you know, offer you foods um, when you're dieting, they're going to pick these things and they're going to ask you to, you know, have another drink when you've clearly said no once because, and that's not necessarily that person's fault. It's because you've confused them right every time you've been doing this for like i don't know five six years maybe even 10 years right and that confusion for that individual is like uh, i don't even know like when you're dieting you know so um they're going to consistently ask you because they know you know he's saying no now but 
you know, oh, this is the usual routine. Right? He'll say no like five, six times, and then the seventh time he'll say yes, for mm-hmm. example, right? And then they they understand that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you are consistent with the thing that you put out and the answer that you give, um, then you know people will will stop doing those things that you 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 really struggle with, right? If you struggle with people offering you things, they probably won't offer it to you in the future because they know that it's something that you consistently don't want to do right mm-hmm. and they just see you as oh if you if you never smoke no one's just gonna randomly offer you a cigarette right unless they don't know you right but if you sometimes you're smoking sometimes you're not smoking you know more people are gonna offer it to you right mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah, confusion is, is a big one amongst the people that you're with as well that's um really interesting you say that because i guess when something is built into your identity then people have a much stronger sense of how to react and how to respond and how to behave around you, right? So as you said, like, I mean, I I personally don't drink. So um, mm. yeah, people just know that about me. They they don't offer me an alcoholic beverage, you know, they'll offer me something else. But because it is just built into my identity, there is no, is she drinking, is she not? Are we on a diet? Are we not? Like, where do we sit in the health spectrum today, Sally? um no offense to sally i don't even know sally (laughs) i i i think that's a really good point and then people can be so quick to feel so isolated in this journey and feel so lonely and feel so unsupported it's like but you can't have it all (laughs) if you're trying to lose fat and you're eating cake every weekend you know okay it's just gonna be really slow progress Uh, and then people are not able to be on board when you are dieting and able to enable you to have cake when you want to be enabled so as you say i I think when we have that alignment between okay this is what i'm working towards and this is my identity this this is what i'm looking to create and this is how i behave then we build the habits which allow us to continue to live that lifestyle I, i think people go to the end you know people look at their habits and they try and change their habits without realizing that what underpins your habits is your belief system, right? So, you know, your actions match your belief system. Your repeated behaviors become your habits. So instead of just going, I'm just going to quit carbs, which is not a great goal, by the way, for most people. Um, well, what what are my beliefs about carbs? Well, you believe that they're bad for you. Okay, well, let's let's unpack that, shall we? Because that's not exactly accurate. <laughs> And in fact, it could be stopping you from reaching your goals, especially if you're looking to build muscle mass. And if we know that increasing your muscle mass is going to increase your resting metabolic rate and make it easier for you to burn more um, energy at rest, then carbs seem really good or potentially helpful. So the way I often observe these scenarios is people look at their habits and they try and change their habits. And that's that's a great thing. But they don't have the in-depth understanding of what a habit is. You know, when did you last think to yourself, hey, what is a habit? Like, no one thinks about this, but what is a habit? Okay. A habit to me is like a repeated behavior. And then we have to think about, well, what is a behavior? And why do we behave the way that we do? Okay. Well, our behaviors must map to something. You know, what is the derivative of a behavior? For, for me, it's beliefs. What is my belief system? So if at your core, you believe that you're always going to be five kilos 
quote unquote overweight, then it doesn't matter if you try and quit carbs, you will find other ways to replace those calories. (laughs) You will find other ways to overeat. You will find other ways to be sedentary. You will find other ways to sabotage yourself. And all the while people get frustrated with themselves, like, why can I just not do X, Y, and Z? The reason why you can't just do X, Y, and Z is because you still believe A, B, and C. (laughs) And A, B, and C create X, Y, and Z. So, you know, it's it's the space in between. It's the bits in between. And this is where people kind of shoot themselves in the foot. They think they can get results by cutting out foods for 30 days, 12 weeks. Okay, hang on a second. But you've been this way most of your adult life. Let's say it's 20 years. Do you really think it's feasible to change all of that, all that repeated behavior from 20 years in 20 days? Let's just think about that for two seconds, right? Again, new habits take minimum 66 days, even up to 250. And what I've heard is approximately 3,000 firings of those neurons for it to be habitual. That's a lot. And people think they're light switches. People think they can just off this on that and and they're really not. Um, I, I think we all lack we lack patience, we lack empathy for ourselves. And when goals have a deadline, I would argue people are maybe not so interested in reaching that goal. I think perhaps more so they're interested in judging themselves for not reaching that goal. When there's a deadline attached to a goal, I think people often without realizing are in fact looking for an opportunity to criticize themselves and judge themselves when they don't reach it. And a lot of people set goals so that they can reiterate their shortcomings and failures, their own perceived failures to themselves. I don't think people realize this. Often we set goals to reiterate that we are not enough. We are not skinny enough. We are not healthy enough. We are not worthy enough, um, et cetera, et cetera. Mm, That's really interesting. That's like, um, like a repetitive cycle, right? Uh, Like a, um i don't know what the word is for it but like you know um yeah literally like a cycle where you you know you you feel shit or you think that you don't look good so then you get depressed over it you eat food because of that and then that's what causes it you know so it kind of becomes a cycle yeah 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 i i really think so i think a lot of people don't realize when they set about achieving goals often not always often people are not aware of the fact that they are deliberately setting too extreme of a goal and they're making their goal so impossible to achieve so that they can prove to themselves that they'll never get there because they're not good enough they're not worthy enough they're not skinny enough they're not popular enough they're not smart enough um etc 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 so it's often i think it's an opportunity for people to reiterate to themselves what they believe about themselves and i mean that what they would benefit from doing is unpacking that why do i feel that way about myself why do i feel unlovable why do i feel more worthy if i lose five kilos why do i feel more valuable if i lose 10 kilos why do i feel um like i'll have more friends if i get a university degree or you know a better paying job why have you made those connections in your brain what associations and disempowering narratives have you created and why was it something you observed in your upbringing is it something that someone said to you once and that's just how you interpreted it and it's it's stuck with you for like the last 20 25 30 
odd years and it's keeping you going around and around and around and around. And, around, and you're like, do you want next week? And this is what people do too. They'll set a more aggressive goal. So it'll start out being, I'm going to run 5K. I'm going to enter standard chartered 5K run next year. Yeah. They don't do it this year. They don't do it. Something happens, something comes up. Next year, I'm going to do 10K. <laughs> yeah. Comes around, doesn't happen. Something something happens, plantar fasciitis, I don't know. Something comes up. The year after, I'm going to run the half marathon. And yeah. again, it's like people have this incessant need to prove that they'll never get somewhere, to prove that they're not enough in some way, shape or form, that there is this deficiency or insufficiency that they carry with them. And when we come from a place of acceptance, and a lot of people will hear this and think acceptance is the same as resignation. It's not. This is what I initially had a really challenging time comprehending and understanding in my own brain was how do I separate resignation and acceptance? Acceptance is not saying I'm perfect in every way, shape or form, and thus I don't need to try. Acceptance is going, this is how I am right now. This is me in this moment. And I'm working on myself and I'm growing in certain areas of life and evolving in certain areas of life. And I know that I'm improving in certain ways in certain areas of life and I'm open to growing versus um, resignation kind of being like just never trying in anything in life ever again. So I want people to understand, and this is what I initially couldn't quite conceptualize the difference between acceptance. When you come from a place of, you know, like this is me, my norm is seven and a half liters of water a day. I do well with water. I don't do so well with sleep. Okay. My area to improve on for a long time has been um, sleep. So, you know, I accept my sleep cycle as it is. It's not the best and I'm working on it, but I'm not saying to myself, I'm never, ever going to try and get better sleep ever again, because why bother? It's so messed up. <laughs> mm. um, so I, I think that's a really important distinction for people to have. Acceptance doesn't mean that you don't try. It doesn't mean that you've given up. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. Acceptance is just embodying you as you are now in this moment, knowing that, sure, you will get better in certain areas. Life is a roller coaster. Life will have some down moments too, and you will ride that. And that also allows the space for you to grow and, and really grow much more in alignment with where you want to go instead of setting a goal because you think you need to because you think you should have to be 10 kilos lighter, you think you should be your pre-pregnancy weight, you think your body should be identical to what it was before giving birth, you know, not once but twice, like your body changed in every way, shape and form to bring life into this world. Why would it be the same? It doesn't make sense to me. So <laughs> I, I think when we look at intentions behind goals, we need to take it a step further too and say, but what is this going to bring me? Is it bringing me more opportunity to criticize and judge myself? Or am I going to be excited to get there? Even if no one else knows, if no one else knows that I achieved this, am I still going to be excited? Because I mean, for me, when I think about back squatting twice my body weight, if no one knows, also cool. I mean, I'm going to tell everybody, but I'm also cool with no one knowing because it's me knowing that I did that. Uh, and that's when a goal is set from a really uh, deliberate, intentional, like wholehearted place. If no one else knows, are you cool with that? Is the goal still meaningful? Is it still valuable to you? I really think we need to think about why we set goals a little bit more, why we set the goals that we set, maybe more specifically, I would say that. Yeah, I think that's so true. Because I always ask people, because um, whenever people fill in the application, it's, it's like, 
I want to be this way or I want to lose. And one of the the questions I always ask is, you know, let's say they say, I want to be 75 kilos. Why do you actually want to be 75? Why, why not 74? Why not 76? Right. Why is it exactly 75 kilos (laughs) and nine times out of 10 people have no idea why Mm. they're just throwing this number out there. Right. And they're just, they're not really sure. And then everything that they do is based upon this goal, which like, what is that goal? (laughs) It was just thrown out anywhere. Right. It may not even necessarily be realistic, but you've just put this goal into thin air that you're working maybe your whole life towards, right. Which, um, obviously it, it could be possible, but you know, sometimes people will set very unrealistic goals as well. Um, maybe they're like six foot and they want to be like 60 kilos and they have to like cut off a leg to kind of get there. But, um, <laughs> down a few, you know, organs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. But I think, yeah, people, people, you know, it's strange how we attach ourselves to this one goal, um, that, or, or this one body weight that is so common. And I think it used, you know, body weight used to be, um, you know, more so female, I think, but, you know, I find now males are, are bad, if not worse with it, right? Yeah. They get so hung up that they need to be a certain weight. And I can't tell you how many people, like, they, they just refuse to lose more weight because, you know, they feel skinny. Um, but, you know, the sad truth is, is that nobody wants to accept that they just don't have that much muscle. And in order for them to, to like, get to the way that they want to look, they have to lose more weight. Mm. Um, and like, you might have only trained for 10 years, um, or you might have trained for 10 years and that doesn't necessarily make you an expert, right? Um, you know, if you're doing the right thing when you're in there, or if you, sorry, if you aren't even doing the right thing when you're in there, it just makes you a beginner who's been doing that for longer, right? You're, you're basically, you're an experienced beginner, Mm. (laughs) right? Mm. Um, and you've just been doing the wrong thing for longer which is why you look the way that you look, right? Mm. But no one wants to believe that they likely need to be, you know, under that 65 kilo mark to be lean. I think for the majority of people, you know, that's under the eight training age of like five years and they're not genetically blessed, like this is where they probably need to be. Um, but then they, they're so focused and they have this emotional bias or attachment to this given body weight that they don't even know if that is, you know, their leanest weight or the weight that they should be at the end of it but they put that as their goal. I think that also creates this huge, you know, um, I guess uh, unsatisfaction or no satisfaction from it because you're, you're pushing towards something that you're simply perhaps not, not, not able to get there. Right. Um, and I think that, that that can change a lot. Like your, your motivation to, to achieve that goal is going to be a lot less, like we said earlier, um, because, it's unclear the path of how you can really get there. Right. Mm. And yeah, I think that that's a big one when your expectation doesn't really necessarily match that reality. That's when we get kicked back. Mm. That's where we get, you know, the overwhelms and no motivation, you know, those kind of things. That's so true. You know, I think a lot of us would be happier. You know, I, I would much prefer someone say to me, I am happy to be the body fat percentage I am now whilst also working on you know a few healthy habits maybe drinking some more water increasing daily step count 
rather than becoming miserable to lose five kilos for the sake of it or because they think they'll be more popular, more liked amongst their peers, colleagues, friends, family, you know, for being leaner. I I would always much prefer people say, do you know, I feel happy this weight. I feel healthy this weight. I live, you know, a relatively healthy life. I might have one or two areas, you know, health-wise that have room for improvement and I'm proactive at working on them, but I'm not stressed about it because I know what I have to do daily. I know what I have to do on a weekly basis, quarterly, you know, yearly, et cetera, et cetera, um, versus someone who's just stressing themselves out for the sake of losing weight, that they're in reality not going to be that much happier for losing in the first place. You know, I think kind of as you said, a lot of people put that number on a pedestal. I've said this to people before, like, what do you think is going to happen the day you stand on the scales and it says that magical number? No one is going to pop bottles of champagne. Like, you know, confetti is not going to come down from the sky. It's not going to be declared a national holiday. So chill for a fucking second. Um, and let's just get back to reality. No one gives a flying fuck about how much you weigh. And if they do, good luck. Bye, Felicia. We don't need them. Okay. So <laughs> let's maybe, again, like connect back with yourself and ask, this is, what is the reality of creating this transformation? I did a great episode um, with Amy Thompson, who's a coach from, she's now on the Gold Coast. And we really talked in depth about what it takes to create you know, transformations and to sustain that. I think most people really need at least two years of training under their belt to see what it is they want to see. I would say minimum for most people who go from almost nothing to something in terms of training and nutrition and health. For most people, it's it's two years before they're like, damn, look at these shoulders, like, hey. And people don't want to hear that because that just doesn't sound so good. It's not instant gratification. So, you know, if the reality is, you know, you're going to have to train for more years than what you think, more often than you think, you know, there's going to be more commitments in terms of mental bandwidth, in terms of time, then is that actually the goal you want to work towards? Because it doesn't have to be. Like, even if you go to the gym three times a week and you've been doing nothing, your body still notices. You still are better off because of that. And it's okay if you don't look like you're ready to jump on the front cover of men's health, you know, after 12 weeks of doing that. Because again, you wouldn't just look after your home for 12 weeks and then treat it like shit, you know, like this is your body. It is the only place you have to live on this whole earth. It's the only place you get to reside in. So why wouldn't you want to make the most of that? So I I really echo um, what you said there. I think there's a disconnect between, you know, reality and what people think they want and what they actually need to work on and and the bigger picture of okay if we zoom out that's going to be x amount of sessions x amount of years x amount of liters of water x amount of steps and we can get you there and we can get you there very sustainably but then we need to think about the next 10 years and not just the next 10 weeks um so i I really feel that anything else that you want to add for anyone who wants to create change who's like is it worth working on this is it not where's my energy best allocated um i think like probably one of the biggest things is just uh activity i guess outside of the gym as well right i think a lot of times 
you know, people are worried about how many calories that they're going to burn in a session as well. And, you yeah. know, people will wear their Apple Watch or they'll log it into, you know, their Fitbit. But like realistically for me, like since I ever had an Apple Watch, I always take it off when I train <laughs> because it gets in the way of me putting on my straps, right? Okay, yeah. um, and realistically, like I couldn't really care too much, like how many calories that I burnt within that training session uh, because really you know i'm not i'm not necessarily there to to burn calories right i'm there to train i'm there to build muscle to work hard to improve right um and i use my diet to burn fat um and i think this is why activity outside the gym is so important right because training ultimately you know unlike what your apple watch or your fitbit says training sucks for calories burnt like in an hour you might do it really does really because does. like in, in an hour you might do six exercises say and you do three sets each right and that, that's like what, 18 sets and in those 18 sets you might you know do a 60 second set itself right mm. and most people train with horrendous like tempo um so it's probably more like a 30 second set yeah so yeah. and then what we're, we're resting what three times the amount Right, because what optimal rest is what, around two to three minutes, something like that for every set, right? Mm. So if you're doing like a 30 second set or a minute set, you're literally resting three times the amount that you're working. Mm. So if you're training for an hour, we're realistic, we're training for 15 minutes and we're resting for 45 minutes. Mm. <laughs> now, imagine if you did that with any other exercise, like running or anything, right? Mm. How many calories are you really burning in that mo- in that 15 minutes, right? So you might even be better off going for like 10,000 steps, right? Um, and I think, you know, being sedentary all day, um, and then just saying, oh, I go to the gym as like activity. I think this is probably one of the biggest factors why people struggle to lose fat is because you, you might sit around all day. Um, and then when you actually do exercise for an hour, 45 <laughs> minutes of that hour is rest. rest. <laughs> Right, so true, so um, true. and not to mention people aren't even doing the eccentrics either because their tempo is slow right yeah. so how much exercise or how much actual activity are you really doing during that training session mm. um so you have to accompany if you want to lose fat you have to accompany that with you know going out to do some walking maybe it's doing some cardio right um the outside activity um is very very important um in you not having to basically eat dust (laughs) (laughs) rabbit food (laughs) yeah i think it's a really good point i think the functionality of some of the new smartwatches to be able to um, ascertain how many um, hours you've been standing for is maybe a better indication total daily step count is perhaps a better indication of how much you've been on your feet um versus as you say well I logged an hour, an hour and a half workout. So I exercised today. It's like, yeah, but like, let's look at the ratios. You sat for eight hours. Okay. So like eight, eight to one is not great versus, well, I stood for those eight meetings. So I was standing for eight hours and I did a workout. It doesn't sound like much, but your body notices it's a big difference, especially if you do that consistently. If you do that for two days a week, three days a week, and if you build up to that becoming your norm, where that's most days, you know, you spend some of your meetings, some of your working hours on your feet, you're more inclined to then walk towards something and take a few more steps. So I think that's such a great point that you make. We can be too quick to give ourselves too much credit for that hour 
when we are then doing very little with our body for the rest of the day. And that's really what is holding a lot of us back is your body's like, well, and I'm burning four calories an hour because I'm seated and this is all I'm doing. And I'm just listening to meetings I shouldn't be on. And <laughs> suddenly, oh, look, it's gym time. Okay. I, I did an hour. It's like, you did. Yeah. And it's better than nothing. And it's also not as much as you think it is. So like, oh. Then what did you do? Let's see it shoulder press, yeah. lying, lying dumbbell press, yeah. you know? I um, everything is that bad. I have half ass push ups. Yeah. Speech yeah, <laughs> muscles. That's what we all go there for, right? Oh my gosh. Well, this, I think this will be the hopefully first of many podcasts um, with mm. yourself. I mean, we've been connected for so long and it's kind of astonishing. This is the first episode that we've done, but um, some awesome insights. I was taking a few mental notes myself. I was like, that's such a good point. I'm definitely yeah. going to re-listen i don't typically listen to my own episodes it's just a bit weird for me to hear myself but um i hear myself enough in my own mind anyway do you know like i don't need extra extra yeah. voices of myself but i think i might re-listen to this one and and physically write down some notes because very very great insights with regards to how to coach people and i know for sure this would bring a lot of value to the the wider audience so um i thank you so much we will have your uh, contact details in the show notes below so when people see the episode they'll be able to connect with you directly and we want that for you of course why not because you know so much good helpful practical insights that you shared today so um really 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 truly um from the bottom of my heart thank you so much for setting aside the time i know it's cold and i know it's a lot earlier in your time zone but it'll be worth it when it's all put together and we'll send you a copy of the episode too amazing thank you for having me on it was uh yeah it's really nice to to connect to speak um and yeah just to be able to i guess help out your audience as well right mm. I, I think there's some huge huge takeaways really really practical nothing too you know strenuous but really like this is how people live type of advice and and that's what people benefit mm. from um it, it doesn't make sense for people to look to people such as ourselves and try and live like us when our lives is not like their lives. So, you know, when we can put ourselves in their shoes and try and give advice that makes sense to their day-to-day routine, um, hopefully it goes a long way. So, yeah, I-, I thank you again. Thank you. This is the information that I like the best, to be honest. I think this um, the, this is like real life experience, right? Mm. And I think a lot of us, we, we're so, we've, we're, we're really into it, right? So we're, we'll look at we'll read up on the nutrition the training all the science right but it's the, the practical application that's what's going to set aside the the result right okay. um and th- there's not enough of that you know being yeah. put around right For which sure. i think um, yeah that, that's a big one well i thank you um many more to come i hope we'll have to think of another topic to cover for sure for sure awesome. absolutely wow let me put my brain together and, and figure out what we can discuss next. But we'll put together this episode. It should be released uh, probably in two weeks. So, yeah, we'll send awesome. you a copy. Not long to wait. Awesome. Thank you. My pleasure. Enjoy your Friday. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. 
Guys, that's it. That's a wrap. That's all we've got time for. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Real Talk with your gal pal. That's me, Laura Rogers. Please be sure to leave us a review. Give us your feedback on what else you would like me to talk about. I always want to deliver content on things that excite you and that are going to benefit you in your health and fitness journey. So do give us a review. Before you forget, I know you're busy. i got to run off and record another episode. Do check us out on the other social media platforms listed below as well because you might just like what you see or hear there. So, you know, be sure to do that. I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode. And again, please leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. It would mean the absolute world to me. Stay healthy and I'll see you in the next one.